Hi there, everybody. I'm Brent Stafford, and this is Reg Watch from RegulatorWatch.com. So uh, thank you very much for putting up with what seemed to be quite a crazy amount of stream stuff there. Uh, one thing piled on top of another. We were all ready to go, and we were connected to Facebook, and we were connected to YouTube. We had to drop the stream just for a moment because I had to reboot the software, which is a kind of a normal thing uh, that happens. And then Facebook just would not reconnect and it just simply would not. But we had YouTube and YouTube was going great and YouTube was like all a bunch of love for us. And then, well, we had to try to get Facebook. So I did one more reboot and then Facebook connected and YouTube wouldn't. Ah, oh, oy vey, oy vey, as my Jewish friends would say. So um, I had to let Ethan go. Well, cause the thing is, is that we were gonna then just shoot it to tape, which is fine, right? We would have rolled it right to tape. Um, and then still got it out there tonight, which is important to get this stuff out there. You know, the gear can't hold you back. And so just as we literally were about to start, we had the teleprompter loaded. I went to hit record. Before I hit record, all of a sudden, bleep, the power surged in my uh, studio and it knocked out a bunch of my gear. Now I got power conditioners, so they all tripped, but the computers all turned off and then half turned back on. And then that was, I just looked at, Ethan, he was still fine, connected on Skype. I said, you know what, let's do this tomorrow. So we're gonna do it tomorrow at noon Pacific time. We'll try it live. I don't see why we shouldn't. I mean, from, no, we've had our technical difficulties, but most of those have been, most of those have been over the crowd checking to see if my mic was on. Most of those have been, of course, usually a mic issue. Uh, and we've, you know, we just put up with those uh, as much as we can, but, um, you know, the full not being able to connect on streams has not happened a lot uh, for us. And there's nothing much you can do about it. It's basically like port connections and stuff like that going in. So the, you know, it's just the way it is. So that's it folks. So I needed to make sure that we did a little bit of a test uh, and this looks like one. Um, and I also figured that I don't do often uh, a chance for any questions uh, because we just, you know, we're not, a typical kind of online show. I try to do it more like news, right? That's the thing that we do. And uh, I know that a lot of you can be frustrated sometimes because you hear hot mics and I'm not listening and I just keep going on on hot mics or, you know, or there's discourse that's going on inside the chats during one of our interviews. And honestly, I mean, if we could add that component, you know, we would look to see how we could do that. But I mean, we conduct these things straight up as much as um, uh, news as possible. And we don't really bring in that part of it, but we don't really have anybody that can watch that. So thus, I don't do this often in terms of uh, chats uh, with fans. So I don't really know how to do it in a good way. We don't have all of the different kinds of chats that you'd have. So I mean, I can look and I can see, and if you've got any questions and stuff like that, um, you know, let me know. And then hopefully I will catch them. Uh, you do get a live stream, Alexander, tonight after all, uh, without Ethan, that will be tomorrow. But I do promise that because we failed on that stream, that means it's upon me to deliver some red meat of some sort. So I'll find some red meat. Actually, I got some interesting stats uh, on cigarette sales in, the, in Canada uh, that will be very interesting. 
and I'm going to walk you guys through that. This is all off the cuff, obviously. We had Ethan scheduled for today, and I'm set up for that. So, but I am going to show you that. And I've got some extremely interesting uh, stats on dual penetration uh, in the top, not, maybe not the top 50 DMAs, which means direct marketing area. Uh, that's the standard that uh, you use in advertising and marketing to describe areas in which around a central point, it used to be the radio stations in each market. And then it's a certain, I not think maybe it's 50 miles, something like that around the city center. It's, it's definitely a US term. I'm sure there's an equivalent in Canada. I know it from my work in marketing in the US and broadcasting in the US, so DMA. So I think it's 25 DMAs, and it's the dual penetration in those markets uh, before the epidemic started, through the epidemic and most of 2018. So I've got that. So that's some good red meat. Um, so I'll walk us through that. What else do I have that might be of interest? And let me just look down here. How can consumers help the fight to keep our rights as ENDS users? I know a lot of people watch this channel, and I'm sure you can enlighten the masses. And that's uh, from Rob. Uh, okay, so that's an interesting question. Um, So you're better off to ask that question to CASA or something like that. So the groups that you know, obviously do represent uh, consumers. The other thing that presents that and is an issue was you're asking me for um, activism advice. And I, I don't do that. Now, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that, you know, uh, in the course of an interview, usually, sometimes, maybe. But I try to not... Uh, purposefully go there. So if I'm directly asked uh, for, about something when it comes to activism, I'll stay away. So I won't, you know, purposefully answer the question. Overall, because you know, I really shouldn't be the one that's telling you guys what to do, right? That should be. I I am one step removed from the community. So I am a vapor. I do vape, right? But most importantly, is I was a two pack a day smoker. So I'm really a smoker that vapes and no longer smokes, right? That kind of thing. So, um, and I cover the community and I'm fighting for this, obviously, like completely. But once I, you know, go into the world of actually advising people what to do in terms of activism, that's, you can't walk that back. So it's good for everybody if I'm not, but I slip up all the time because of course, I mean, I'm, I mean, I, I'm fighting, I'm in this to win it. And then if you're like, well, what are you trying to win? You're not supposed to be winning anything. You're in journalism. And I remind everybody that we're journalism with a point of view, right? So, I mean, we are activist, journal, activist journalists. I mean, there's no doubt, right? But, you know, I don't want to be, I, you know, I guess maybe that's part of the problem. I think maybe part of the problem is, is that, you know, the folks that work at CNN and everything else, maybe they're not actually coming right out and actually you know, giving people activist advice and they want to so desperately. So instead they just skewer everything completely. They're, you know, malicious, malevolent, treacherous that they are. So maybe it would be a better world if they actually gave activist advice because then everybody would know that they definitely are activists because we all know that. So, yeah, so what can consumers do? Um, again, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think that at this point, Rick, it may be well past the uh, divvying up uh, the vaping community into its intersectionality, for the lack of a better term, and just every single vapor needs to go out and buy a pitchfork. This is pitchfork time. How's that? So I'm not, I'm not going to act, you know, give advice on, on the, the small parts. I'm going to say it's time to go get pitchforks. After that, you decide what to do with them. But anything you do with a pitchfork, as long as it's made of metal with wood and you're out in public with it, you know, then there you go. I mean, pitchfork time. Candace is mentioning, so I had thought Jewel was supposed to have stopped selling the mango-flavored pods in C-stores. Don't know, Candace, where you're from. Uh, I'm assuming then that you're, you're seeing that there's still mango out there. Smoker that vapes and no longer smokes. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry to tell you, if you were a smoker... You're always a smoker. I, you probably don't know that, right? But, you, you know, once a smoker, always a smoker. You're always one day away from starting to smoke again. Swear to you. It's just like Alcoholics Anonymous. You know, you're one day away. You're one day away. Look, they treat vapors like smokers. This whole disgust that they have from vapors, it's not because they care it's, it's about vaping. Don't think for one second that their utter contempt for you as a vapor, it's because you're a vapor, it's because you're a smoker that happens to vape. I mean, the contempt isn't because of vaping. The contempt's because of smoking. Where it's never forget that vaping is uh, uh, the ugly cousin, the ugly brother of smoking. It's always going to be that way, right? And that's where all the trouble comes from. Curious to know how the flavor ban will affect those of us who DIY as well. The flavor ban in Nova Scotia, for example. I don't know exactly what the Nova Scotia uh, regulations are, that the new law for that. Um, I'll be doing some stuff later, but on that, but even the person I'm going to talk to, I don't know if it's going to know that kind of detail on it. Um, if you're a DIYer, right, I mean, that doesn't really come up ever in RegWatch's coverage because we just all assume you guys are going to be fine, you know? You're probably going to be the source of the black market juice, right? So, I mean, I'll start, I'll start looking to interview once it's illegal across the country and you're driving a Ferrari. Then I'll know, you know, who to talk to, you DIYers. Who else is going to make the juice? Patricia Magnus, our super fan. Thank you, Patricia. She has been behind the scenes and, and in front of the scenes in terms of our RegWatch uh, supporters group. And I really do want to thank uh, Patricia Magnus for all the help that she's been doing, uh, keeping things going on our online presence. And there's uh, Catlin Cat, uh, who's really done a lot, and a few others. When I see the names, I'll make sure I mention it out. But um, Pat, uh, Pat Magnus has been a huge help. So um, thank, thank you to her. Jason, 
we shop owners and workers should show the customer what to do. John says, big tobacco is going to crash and burn. You, sir, are a dreamer. You, you live in utopia land. You live in the land of milk and honey. There is no way big tobacco is crashing and burning anytime soon. There's no way. I mean, what would bring them down? Unless they're made illegal, which that ain't happening. I don't see how that's happening. I mean, it could happen. I mean, it that's possible. But I'll tell you, the day that tobacco, smoking, cigarettes, are made illegal in the United States of America, for instance, in the US, oh boy, man, liberty has got a lot of problems. I mean, it's real rough. I mean, seriously. I mean, that's, that's, it's impossible. I mean, if it was possible, they would have done it by now. But, you know, maybe. But I don't know what's going to go first. Cigarettes or guns? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, guns are in the Second Amendment, but smoking has been fought on a constitutional issue. Uh, it's not no minor trifle either. There's uh, protections there. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It'll be ugly. Now, there's a good point, right? There's a, look, uh, I just shot an interview today with uh, Guy Bentley, who we had on the show. I got him uh, for about seven minutes at uh, the DC rally uh, back in early November and had a really good interview. He's from Reason Foundation, so that's reason.org. And these guys are fantastic, right? I mean, I don't know if you've been noticing how much stuff has been coming out of Reason that is in support of vaping, but we try to curate as much of it as possible. Reason.org, they are, um, they are a libertarian think tank, uh, free market group, that kind of thing. And uh, here, let me just get this up here. Sorry, I don't have the show links or anything uh, ready like I normally do, or at least trying to do. Um, okay. So I'm hoping you guys can see that. And so this is the Reason Foundation. And of course, you know, they're, they're, they're on the right. They're on the right, but they're on the right and also libertarians as even sometimes considered even farther right, yet also libertarian can ink, ink towards uh, being uh, considered in the anarchist left world kind of way. So, I mean, don't always get caught up, uh, you know, in terms of left-right things. But so, but definitely, I mean, I mean, they're free market, like all the way. And so the Reason Foundation, though, they have been covering the heck out of the vaping issue. And these guys are based in Washington. They started in 1968. Uh, I think the magazine started in 78. I mean, these guys are badass and uh, real serious uh, group. And so it was Guy that we had on. So we've taped that interview, uh, and that was earlier today. And so that's gonna run later towards the end of the year, maybe between Christmas and New Year's. So I've got some stuff in the can, we kind of shot it for you guys, and um, and then I can actually have a week off, which is definitely kind of the plan, which will be happening. And uh, so the CDC botched its vaping investigation and helps spark a national panic. 
So I won't get in too much in this because obviously I commented on this in our video that we just taped. But I don't think that it is unreasonable to uh, hammer home uh, more than once that the CDC is guilty of treachery and malevolence, which means harm done on purpose. Absolutely. Right. So I bring this up because the progressive left is is the enemy. There is no doubt. If you take a look around in the entire landscape, you have to start putting labels to the enemy. It's not good enough to just say it's big tobacco. That's not a solution. It's not good enough to say that it's pharma. That's just, I mean, that's weak, right? I mean, yeah, sure. Okay, maybe. Yeah, a part of it. And then if you want to say the National Settlement Agreement, right, because remember, it's not really the MSA. When I have to write anything on the settlement agreement, I can't in good conscience as a journalist write MSA because it's not the master settlement agreement. It's the settlement agreement. It's the national settlement agreement, just so you know that. So it presents me all sorts of problems because nobody knows it that way. And so you'll hear me say the settlement agreement, and I'm talking about the MSA, but I'm, I'm going to try to not say MSA because that's not actually what it is. It's not a master settlement agreement. So anyhow, but it's important. These are important things. Um, so even the money from the settlement agreement, right? You could absolutely that plays a role, but all of that money, the money that comes from big tobacco and it goes into tobacco control, the money that comes from pharma and goes into tobacco control, the money that comes from Bloomberg and goes into tobacco control, that's all going into the control of progressives. There isn't any free market person, uh, uh, libertarian, uh, individualist, uh, anywhere at the end of where that money goes. So when, you, when people are going, oh, blame it on this, and the money's from there, and the money's from there, and the money's from there, I don't care where the money's coming from. I care where the money's going. And the money is going 100% to progressive leftists. 100%. They own the media. They own the media. If you're in Canada, you know that. If you're in the States, you do too. But in Canada, being a smaller country, and, and we've got a, a national broadcaster that we pay $1.2 billion a year for, $1.2 billion a year. We pay them. And it's enough that for my entire lifetime and my first job in broadcasting was with a CBC affiliate in Kelowna, worked seven years there for the Mother Corp, right? So it's not enough that if you've got any inkling at all of bias or concepts of one side or the other along politics or the multitude of positions that you could have, it's not hard to figure out that the, where the CBC stands. They've been that way forever since the dawn of time. So, okay, man, like, you know, you know, I can take the, I can barely take the constant propaganda over intersectionality and multiculturalism, which both of them in their own way, which are tied together, are about, they're about leveling. They're about leveling Western civilization. See, all of the left the political sides, whether that's the progressive left or the left or communists, or they're all the same anyhow, so just different varying degrees, 
they're all trying to level. They've been doing this for 250 years, maybe even longer. So the, 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 the resentment and envy they feel for others is the root cause of this constant desire to level. Now, you can't level up. If there's one thing that has been proven, certainly in the last 150 years, certainly in the 20th century, certainly in the last 20 years of this new century, is that no matter how much money you throw at the bottom, that does not lift it up. Take a look at the homeless. That's, you can say whatever you want. It is, it, you can't throw more money at this problem. And that is a perennial situation that is forever. I mean, it's throughout history, right? You can't throw money at that problem to lift up, right? That's why the solution from the right side is individual responsibility. Dignity comes from your decision to build your dignity, to pick yourself up out of the muck, right? And to make something of your life. Only you as an individual can do that. It doesn't matter about any of the harshness that's happened in your life. The, I say I don't use the word impression. Everybody's had things happen to them. Some are worse than others, but they're all bad. So let's just leave it at that. It's, it's up to you to find the resources that are available from society and make something of your life. They accept none of that. They just believe, toss money at it. Uh, you know, promote them as victims. Um, do all of that stuff, and but everybody knows, including them, that you can't level up. To level, the only way to level is to crush. That's the only way. So you have to crush each individual. You have to crush people with money. You have to crush. You have to crush the entire Western civilization, and that's what multiculturalism is. It's about crushing the individuality, which is at the center of the Western civilization. That is the logos, which is also the word. So crush it. And if you're crushing Western civilization, well, you'll take vaping with it, of course, because the whole, the whole argument for vaping is an individual argument. I am an individual. I was a smoker. You sold me these cigarettes. You sold me in my brain. It wasn't just the tobacco companies. So that's the thing. The left and progressive lefts, they go nuts over tobacco companies. You know why they do that? Because it's a misdirection that's hiding their complicity in the promotion of tobacco in the media, entertainment, fashion, culture, forever. The left were smokers. They were the most diehard smokers, and they've owned the cultural institutions. They've owned education. They've owned film, television, music, books, novels, comics, everything. They owned it. It was the progressive left and the left that sold us on smoking. They made it cool. Don't think that evangelical right-wing Christians in the 1950s were the ones that made cancer sticks cool. The left made it cool. That's what they always do. So they made it cool and killed people in the millions and decided to get out of that racket 
and figured out another way. Well, they'll take their piece from the tobacco companies, right? And I'll have you that. And then they're going to bully and push and crush every one of the rest. But it's their typical stuff. They were the racists, and now they're the racists again by trying to be the anti-racists. And by being anti-racists, they're being racist. That's what the left does. And it's this malevolence that's showing up in, in its entirety in their total manipulation of language and their complete bald face, their unbelievable ability to just lie their faces off. As public health professionals, as doctors, Yeah. It just really brings out your Greta in you. How dare you? How dare you? That would be a good campaign if you had thousands of short five-second, you know, how dare yous being captured on video and then tweeted out to public health. Inundate every single public... Oh, I'm talking like lung cancer, Rob Cunningham, all of those guys. People from uh, Physicians for a Smoke-Free World or Canada, right? Start hitting their, their, you know, they can block one of you, but what if all of a sudden 300 of them hit? And also hit the reporters and everything else. I would do, how dare you? Just like that, and then send it off. Uh, vaping bans kill. I think I might have just crossed the line into activism there for a second. All right, so... I told you I'd give you some, I had some red meat there for you. I have to switch over to YouTube for a second and see what's happening over here. Ah, YouTubers. Hi Brent, I'm in Massachusetts. What are your thoughts on the latest going on with non-disclosure agreement between the Department of Health and I? You've got CCC. I, you probably mean Centers for Disease Control, CDC. That's Christine Festa. Um, what do I think about that? Um, I mean, I think that's in the weeds, really. I mean. The depart I would think that there's non-disclosure agreements between lots of different various levels and agencies. Um, so, I mean, there's nothing particularly pernicious about that, I don't think. Um, I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, that's in the weeds. I mean, really, honestly, like, the, the, whole, the whole administrative state needs to be severely shaken, right? Like that, I mean, severely shaken. So they have got way too much power. And I mean, literally way too much power. So their ability, so in the US, and you've heard this before, I'm sure, but all of these agencies, their power is, is bifurcated. They get part of it from the Congress. So the Congress um, you know, creates creates them, I believe it's that way, but it's the executive branch that runs them. And then Congress funds them, but it's the executive branch that uh, controls them, directs them. Um, but what's happening, though, with all of these agencies is that their power to regulate is actually the Congress's power. 
And the Congress is just, you know, the politicians have just given it up. They've abdicated it. So when they write a law, they're not really writing the laws. They're writing the framework. So it's a framework on which then the agencies make the regulations and the regulations are actually the laws. But the problem is, is that they are not elected. And congressional oversight of what the agencies are doing is completely non-existent. And then certainly when you're spending three years in a witch hunt, you can say what you want about President Trump. And I'm not making an argument for President Trump. It really doesn't matter to me. Regardless, you know, you should be every single vapor should be able to look at every single citizen should be able to look at the issue with with President Trump and divorce yourself from President Trump. Right. Think of it. It does not matter that it's President Trump. The level of witch hunting, right, the lying, the, the leaking, the complete total breaking of laws by the administrative state in its and, and what the politicians are saying on the left is just beyond anything that has ever happened in the history of the country. I guarantee you the things that have happened here are, are just the assault on Trump is the exact same assault on Western civilization. It's just so vicious and visceral because he's drawn it to him, right? That's what he said. Give it to me. That's why he got elected. That's why the deplorables elected him, because he said, I'm going to take this. And boy, oh boy, is it not. I mean, the th when you. Okay, so I've said this a couple of times. I've not said this on air yet. I don't think so. So let me say this on air and, and be very completely clear about this. There is no way that this vaping issue will sort itself out as long as we live in a world where all of the doctors in the country, all the psychiatrists, all the sociologists, all of the teachers, all of the gov federal government workers in the Constitution of Canada that essentially that there is no biological difference between male and female. As long as that exists, I don't know how you're going to win the battle on science with vaping. Because the enemy of vaping is the side that is enforcing a communist totalitarian redefinition or ignoring of the truth of biology. A woman can't have a penis. That's just as simple as that, right? It, you, it cannot be the case, not biologically, right? And so, and, you know, when I wrote about, I, when I first wrote about this issue with transgenderism uh, and the push for it, I mean, I don't care if people are transgendered, absolutely not, right? But making people have to lie to themselves in their own brain and to apply that filter in terms of every interaction they have with every single person, everywhere they go, right? And we've only seen this, pro this whole issue metastasize. It's just out of control, right? It's a complete denial of science at the level, the most fundamental level of a human being that you have is your sex, male and female, period. And so they have managed 
to make that something that you can't even talk about, that you can get kicked off of Twitter, kicked off of Facebook. I could get kicked off from just bringing it up here, right? So then we're going to turn around and go, yeah, but you're not listening to the 95% out of PHE. Oh, man, they are so past that. They are so past that. And that's what you've been seeing in the media over the course of the last three months is the exercising of their totalitarian muscles to not just control the narrative, but just to completely redefine it out, right? They, they've got no qualms. Marianne LaRose just gave a big thumbs up there to that. Yeah, I mean, look, we're just talking about science. I, I mean, honestly, I'm like all pro people, individuals having their choices and being treated with respect. Absolutely, right? So I don't have a problem with transgender. I have every problem with it being used as a tool to control everybody else, which it clearly is. Controlling thought, controlling speech. It probably certainly will at some point uh, control your freedom. Like, there will be people that will be detained over this issue because of their position on it. So I just, I mean, you just can't tell me that science is just going to work this out. Science is gone. Science is corrupt. Science is toasted. And that's fine because the progressive left never even cared about science. They never cared about science. I'll tell you why. Because their root is Marxism, and Marxism is science. And they believe that. They believe that their, their science is a real science. And it's malleable. It's not real science. It's not science at all. They don't believe in truth. They, it, it's not even a, a postmodern don't believe in truth. Like they, you know, this is like, this is a good long time now. It's not even just recent that they don't believe in truth. They don't believe in truth. No, they don't. So that's, and this is the ugly truth, right? That's why I called this the ugly truth. What, when Dr. Farsalinos says peace, and I started that um, last week um, with that long kind of diatribe, a bit of a diatribe on, yeah, here we go. So at times it seems like it will never end. The stream of shameful, slanderous, pseudoscientific research belched from the halls of academia and the darkened corridors of public health. With each new study, the same old rehash of claims chips away at the truth that vaping is a safer alternative to smoking. Thankfully, a small cadre of scientists have dedicated careers to debunking bogus studies, right? So, you know, but there's only so far that debunking can go. I know Dr. Uh, Farsalinos uh, doesn't prefer the characterization of debunking, but it's just an accurate term, uh, at least for me as a simple TV guy to use. But, you know, why is it so hard to get it through? Why is it so hard to break through with the science that's on-site vaping? It's because they don't believe in science. <laughs> they have no respect for science. They only see science as a tool of truth-making. Science is not a process of discovery of the truth. Science is a process of manufacturing the truth. 
That's it. As soon as you get that, you realize, shit, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> but it's these are the things that you have to think about when you're figuring out how you're going to fight. And it's not just vaping. This is the entire crew that's trying to bring down Western civilization, right? So vaping is a part of it. That's why you cannot lose this battle. This battle lost, I'll tell you, now this is going to be what Ethan and I are going to talk about. And we're going to talk about it tomorrow. What would the future look like if there is a, if all of a sudden vaping gets shoved into 80 years of criminal? You know, it's, you're, vaping is going to have to fight its way out like cannabis did and heroin and everything else. Trust me. So that's what Ethan and I are going to be talking about tomorrow. So science is not a process of discovering the truth for the progressive left. Science is a process of manufacturing the truth. And it's a, it's a truth-making process, but it's not truth. So that's why they have no respect for it. Oh my God, they've got tons of it in terms of propaganda. Climate change, blah, man, beat, beat you over the head with shit that's just unprovable. Or, and then with vaping, of course, I mean, there's just all of this garbage crap research. Just brutal, unbelievable. How could they say that? Still, five years later, oh my God, Jesus, stop it. No, enough, had enough. Are you kidding? Right? Ugh. Ugh. Well, but, you know, they've got no morals. They don't believe in truth. They see science as a truth-making process. And for them, it's about a mountain of science. It's not even one piece of science. It's just one after another after another. See, it, it, so the progressive left, the anti-vaping opponents, they're essentially thugs. That's a bad, actually that's a slanderous term. So that's why I'm not putting anybody's name to it. If I actually put a name to it in journalism world. Now CNN calls Trump a thug and this and that, so they really don't care, right? But us honorable journalists, you know, are careful with the use of that term because they're because it's a term, right? So, but those that are against vaping, you know, the whole manifest lot of them, they're thugs. Part shakedown racket, right? And so they see that uh, eventually, right, you're gonna just basically scream uncle. That's what they're looking for, is you to scream uncle. And then they're gonna win. It's the same thing they're doing with Trump, but it's not Trump that they're trying to get to scream uncle, it's the American people. From the second that he won, literally the instant that he won, the entire plan is to shriek, to badger, to harass, just unleash the demons of the worst part of the resentment and envy that sits with inside deep in the heart of the disgusting progressive, right? Just the deepest, ugliest, disgusting part, right? And just have that all well up into huge manifest you know, snowflakes and screamings and, oh, the Black Lives Matter and just the ugliness, right? And so basically, they're trying to get the American people to scream uncle and go, I've had enough. And, they, and Hillary Clinton in the springtime basically said that, 
said, you know, this will all end, only end when a Democrat gets elected president. And yes, so the thug-in-chief, th you know, three years in, says what any of us smart, you know, people knew is that this is not an attack on Trump. This is a constant, relentless attack in a thuggish manner on the American people in a totality, on both sides, right? And, ju and to, just to you know, stir it up and just to get the one side that voted for Trump, right, uh, to get, say uncle. We just want it to stop. Please make it stop. When will this be over? And for you guys on the vaping side, you know this because you've had to come to some of your own come to Jesus moments on that when you were trying to decide, do I support a 20, you know, a nicotine cap or no, really, honestly, it should be up to the individual to choose or, oh, Nick Saltz versus, you know, organic uh, versus, oh, C-Store. Yeah, but, you know, I'm a harm reduction guy and I really do believe that, you know, the ubiquity of products needs to be in place so smokers can get at it. But oh, enough already. Enough. Enough. No C-Stores. Just enough, Okay. No C-stores. No C-stores. I'll do a cap at 20. Okay, what else do they want? What else? What else do they want? Oh, just stop. Uncle. Uncle. So they've got a good half of you already in a full uncle mode, man. I'm not saying that, that it's wrong that, you know, you uh, are doing that. I mean, I can get it, right? I mean, well, everyone has to take care of their own skin. There's things I don't talk about in my shows, and let, you know, like the transgendered thing, that issue on from the science side, I mean, it's not like I'm bringing that up every day, right? So I have to make my choices in terms of what I talk about. I get it. So I said uncle there to, to a degree, but we gotta understand that they're thugs. And so the problem with thugs is that they're, they're not gonna stop, right? You do give them an inch, they will take a mile. So that's the ultimate issue. And because they're not moral, um, you can't appeal to, to them on a moral level because they're completely, totally are, uh, have no, are immoral. We know that. Otherwise, they would accept the fact that you're a smoker and you found a way to quit and indeed you agree that it's saving our lives. But they don't believe that. They believe the child's life has got much more value than the adult's life. Fair enough. I mean, I mean, they outright say it. They outright say it. They really, really, really do. So how do you do that? What do you do? They've got all the power. They own the media. They think you're disgusting. They're blaming you for addicting an entire new generation on nicotine, which I didn't realize that that was the issue, by the way. When was that the, when was that the issue? I don't know when that was the issue. I think we're doing more of my, might do the uh, tobacco numbers later because it's not as fun as this. All right.
So I did. I had brought in books because we had the interview with Guy earlier. And then with Ethan, there was some stuff that we were going to talk about. So you guys have seen the liberal reformers. Um, one thing that I don't think I got to in any one of our other ones was laws of fear. And I did bring this up. Uh, actually, Guy brought this up in our interview today that we did to tape. And I just happened to have it. So you know me. I was just like, oh, you mean this book right here? Hmm. hmm this book, right? Very good. Um, for your own good. Now that that they we don't hear this much, but but this is the that's the old school thing. Look, we're doing this for your own good. We've never heard. We're not hearing them say that right now, right? Because it's a bit off, right? Because now they're they're doing it for the kids, so they don't even care about the adults. But back in the original, you know, banning smoking in the 1990s, the message, you know, it's, this is for your own good. We don't even hear that anymore. That's how, that's how little uh, the actual human beings here, us, matter in this case, right? Us, us, us with genes uh, and, and skin cells that are past 20 years old, <laughs> maybe 25, right? In, in fact, actually, I swear to you, somebody should be filing an age discrimination lawsuit against these public health people because all they care about is the teens or, and the kids. Wait a minute. These products, you know, especially in Canada, they're legal, they're on sale, and now you're pulling the, those access away from us? Why? Because we happen to have skin cells, like cells that are older than 15 years, right? 16 years. Wait a minute. There's an age discrimination argument to be made there. There really is. To be Canadians, we just don't have any constitutional bones in us. And besides, our constitution is a leftist constitution, right? It's not a real constitution. Any rights that are made by a bunch of people in a room that just sit down and write them out and then pass them into parliament, those aren't rights. They are, but they're called positive rights. They're not natural law rights. There's nothing natural law in them, right? So anyhow, hmm. There's an age discrimination argument to be made. You know, this is age discrimination. It really is. If you won't listen to the liberty argument, will you listen to the age discrimination argument? Maybe. So, yeah, this is a fantastic book. Um, I'm going to be, uh, I haven't pulled out uh, quotes yet from this. But the key thing about this is that this was uh, published in 1998. Again, For Your Own Good, The Anti-Smoking Crusade and the Tyranny of Public Health. Published in 98. And the author is Jacob Sullum, who as well writes at Reason. And he was writing at Reason 25 years ago uh, while he was researching and writing this book. So if you go on reason.org and you look for Jacob Sullum uh, or on RegWatch, you'll find, uh, you know, the first part curated stuff. Fantastic guy. Fantastic writer. Hopefully going to get Jacob on. Uh, guy's going to do his best to help that. Uh, so obviously we've got lots of great interviews coming. All right. What else did I bring? Now, some of you guys have seen some of this before. I should probably make sure my cameras are all working. That's part of the test here. 
this out. Right. Oh well, whatever. Yeah, everything was fine. I wish that, uh... Alright. Let's let me just get a couple of more books showing in here and then... And then I'll see where I'm at. How are you guys doing? Let me just see here. Um, every public health agency in America is tainted horribly. From John Boyton, Alexander O'Neill. This raises a question, though. Why is it that when I identify as an ex-smoker and my needs are being threatened, but just about everything else people identify with is being catered to? Yeah, well, that's because um, the, your, your classification, uh, Alexander, of, of, of a group that you're self-identifying from is not an approved group. The only groups that matter are the approved groups. And those approved groups change. That's the, that's the, uh, the hierarchy of victimhood. And it changes. You ask gay men where they sit now. I mean, they got their, they got their uh, marriage and that was it. And then all of a sudden, boop, 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 you know, other people are above them. And in fact, let me be really, you know, let's, let's be a little dire here, um, because why not? So, uh, so I'm straight, right? But, you know, I carry a lot of, you know, I've got the hair and stuff like that, you know, how it goes. But I'm from Vancouver, and, you know, I've always lived in the downtown area. That's fashionable, and that's, you know, uh, got a lot of gay people, like huge, right? And so my whole friend circle and stuff like that, you know, was gay. And then when I moved to Los Angeles, uh, I lived and worked in West Hollywood. So the first agency that I was at, I was like one of two straight guys, like in an agency of like 50 in West Hollywood. I mean, like Christ. So, you know, I'm so everywhere I've worked. I mean, I've been in entertainment and journalism, right? So everywhere I've worked is, is and it's always been West Coast or New York. So in that manner. So, and then when I came back from LA, uh, back down into downtown Vancouver, I actually spent four years as the, um, as the chair of communications for the BC Liberal Party for the Vancouver Burrard riding, which was represented, I mean, the largest gay population, uh, you know, north is, you know, except for Seattle in all of North America. So I've had no problem, you know, and plenty of transgendered and all that stuff like that. So, I mean, I, you know, I, it, that was my riding. So I've got no problems uh, with that. Now, my political leanings have always been kind of, I would say in the states, well, I'll tell you, in the states, I, I was always a Democrat. I mean, I was a huge Clinton supporter, Bill, really liked Bill. Um, and, uh, you know, Bush too. I mean, you know, the, I mean, I was there on 9-11, right? So, and that spent, you know, I mean, I was there. So... Uh, you know, in the end, I had to give him, the president, a bunch of leeway and room uh, for responding to that. And I was probably happy that it was a Republican that was in the presidency. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly instead of Gore, right? So, but I mean, I had my problems with uh, Bush, both Bushes. I mean, his dad, I hated him. Right. I mean, I, I was at a U2 concert in 1992 or three, which whatever one of those years was when when, you know, Clinton won the election. I mean, it was just wow. 
you know, and I was probably whacked out on mushrooms or something, right? It was awesome. But, um, but yeah, but I absolutely always identified as a Democrat. I mean, I liked Reagan, but I was up here and that was different. You know, was, I was in my teens, uh, but pretty much my entire adult life, I mean, I was a Democrat. Uh, never, I never really had a position on abortion outside of, you know, thank God, <laughs> if, you know, whatever, right? So it really wasn't up to me. But, um, but all I can say is this, is that, um, so yeah, so in the States, I'm a Democrat. And when you discuss Canada back home here in BC, I was center-right because Canada is so far left. I mean, so far left as a country that, that it, I mean, forget it, right? Like, I mean, you can't even find that. I, you can now find that um, in the US, like AOC and stuff like that, for, fair enough. But we grew, up, we grew up with that. I mean, our entire country is, got, you know, is, is so left like that. And so British Columbia with the NDP, I mean, forget it. I mean, one step away from communists. I know they got their nice little stripes going on here today. But so when people would ask me, so what are you? I go, well, in the States, I'm a Democrat. And at home, I'm a free marketer, right? Because Democrats were free marketers. Pretty much. Right? Anyhow, so I bring this up because of the identity thing that Alexander was talking about when he asked about why is it when I identify as an ex-smoker, um, nobody takes me seriously. These progressive lefters, they don't listen to that. They don't acknowledge it or anything else. They only acknowledge the groups that they acknowledge. But we're a group. Right, right, right. Well, it's the, it's for, they don't acknowledge the group. Even if they do acknowledge the group, there's going to be a hierarchy of victimhood. And they are vicious on that hierarchy. And right after uh, gay marriage was won, right after. So I'm writing my weekly political column, you know, read by 600,000 people a week here in, in, the, in Vancouver. And the whole lower mainland. And the duel. And so I, I recall exactly when... Gay marriage was won in 20, 2014. By the end of 2014, I'm writing stories about transgender bathrooms. Just like that. Just, I mean, there's some purposeful stuff that's going on here. And so they moved their campaign to that. And so it was a couple of years of that. And then Black Lives Matter spun up. Just out of the blue, right? And uh, that spun up. And then... Um, Orlando happened in uh, June of 2016. And I'll have to tell you, even though I'm writing this column and I'm taking the center-right position, I still absolutely would never have called myself a conservative. Would never have done that. In right up to June 2016. In June 2016, that's when the left red killed me. And they did that when the media and all of the pundits completely, totally through gay men and the whole gay movement under the bus to protect the Islamic terrorist that shot up and killed 50 gay men in that Orlando nightclub. They were saying that, that he might have been gay and that this was some kind of a gay bashing. And oh my God, they just reached for all these things except so... I, I, 
And I mean, there had been all these other stuff that had been going on because the terrorist attacks were going out of control because ISIS was at its peak and Obama was president and not doing anything. And of course, the whole left is stirring this all this up, right? And so Orlando was my red pill. If you go on brentstafford.com and you find uh, my columns, which you can find with a search, um, you can find some of the stuff I've written about. Should I read this? Should I, do you guys want to hear this, my Orlando column? Let me just let to see here if, if there's if you guys want to hear this. If you say yes, I will do it. All I need is to see one yes. If I see one no, then I won't do it. One yes or one no. It's as simple as that. No, no, yes or no on YouTube. A yes from Kim Fuller. All right. Could have been a no. It was the first one in. All right. All right, so after this, and then I think we'll take a look at any other little questions, and then we'll, I'll go because we'll have done a good job here. So this is brentstafford.com. It's, you know, it's my home of my corporate shaky communications. I don't spend a lot of time here, but it's obviously, uh, I got there's so much. Oh, in case you ever want to do see this, I did a, uh, two seasons of a show I created called Aftermath of Murder Survivor Stories. I did this in partnership with the Department of Justice here in Canada and the BC Victims of Homicide. And so I interviewed 22 families. Uh, or people, you know, part of the family, that have lost loved ones to murder and the highest profile murders in Canada from serial killer Clifford Olson, uh, Robert Picton. Um, and so these are some of the most horrific murders that have ever happened. And so in Aftermath of Murder, I sat down with, you know, the moms, um, parents and stuff like that of people that were murdered by these serial killers. And um, it was pretty moving. I don't really promote it much, obviously. Um, yeah, and a bunch of stuff here. Um, so let's just do dual here. So, uh, right. I don't have um, a button that's uh, available to just easily find my columns because I do like to keep, you know, because some of them are pretty hard. Even though they're, they were out in public, the paper eventually got shut down. It got bought and got closed in a whole series of post-media uh, and tour star closings of papers when they were cl closing a bunch of daily locals. And so uh, I figured I'd use that as an opportunity to just, so they're, they're off, they're off right now. Not knowing exactly, because I didn't want anything to impact uh, vaping and you know my all my during all my vaping coverage up until just a couple of years ago I was writing my daily columns so I always had to think about think about that so Orlando demands stricter controls is that the one that I did ah yes so the headline it's pretty strong it's a big first line so when bullies etched Brent Stafford is a faggot into the door of our high school biology class and later spray painted the same across my car. 
there were no sexual orientation counselors one could turn to. In 1986, there were only bewildered teachers, heckling classmates, and enough hate to fill a football field. It was only three years after AIDS was discovered and widespread fear unleashed an onslaught of abuse upon men, those gay and suspected of, which haunts my worldview today. Peter is right, so this is a duel that I do would do. So Peter was my dueling partner and he was taking the other side of the issues. Peter is right. In the past, violence towards gays was often fueled by religious bigotry. But he's sadly off the mark, implying an equivalency between the last gasps of Christian extremism and the horrific act of violence committed by Omar Mateen. It was the worst slaughter of gays in U.S. history, and it was carried out in the name of Islamic Jihad. Liberals have lost their minds, repudiating the facts. Gun control would not have prevented the massacre. France has some of the strictest gun laws in the West, which failed to prevent the slaughter of 130 by Islamic State fighters in Paris. The attack was not caused by a political environment cultivated by Christian conservatives. And Mateen did not act alone, as his second wife is now under FBI investigation. I take the terrorist at his word. On Facebook, in over three calls to the police during the attack, he pledged his allegiance to ISIS. Moreover, his devotion to jihad likely predates this terrorist group. In 2001, Mateen was suspended from high school for celebrating the 9-11 terrorist attacks. A school administrator says Mateen, quote, didn't show any remorse. He was pretty happy it happened, close quote. Upon being told, his parents, who are Afghan immigrants, were unconcerned by the incident. This is troubling. So Canada needs to revisit its uh, refugee policy in regards to immigrants, blah, blah, blah. So, um, yeah, and then there's through a couple of other columns, you know, I went at the left for their, uh, for their hierarchy. Oh, all right, one second. Before, I'm sure I'm going to lose you guys. Hold on. Okay, let's see if there's one more here. Because I'm pulling duels out. Oh, my God. So this one right here, transgender diversity weakens Canadian military. That got me so much grief. Oh, my goodness. It's the only issue. I don't think there's any other issue. Guns would be the only other issue. That, and why did a gun show up in my transgender keyword search? That's because I'm sure I said in this gun column, no other topic uh, uh, besides transgender gets it, gets it as much as guns. <laughs> or, or, oh, my God. Uh, hurt feelings is not true discrimination. Oh, that's a good one. Confused messaging crippled Clark. Oh, oh, okay, okay. You guys might like this one. Hold on. Stick with me on this one because I'm, I'm totally just having fun now. So this is March 20th, 2017. And this is right, well, this is March 20th. So the president uh, just took office uh, on, in what, January 20th? So th this is two months. And so everybody was losing their mind. And in Canada, well, I th in the States too, Girl Guides, well, everybody was having the issues in the States. And in Canada, the social justice signaling, uh, virtue signaling uh, was going on. And so the Girl Guides canceled all of their trips to the United States in protest uh, of not going to the U.S. because of Trump. And of course, because he's evil and a tyrant and a totalitarian. So Girl Guides... Teach dangerous lesson. All right. So this, this one was good. This one. All right. One more. One more. One more. I promise. Just one more. 
So the question, are Girl Guides of Canada wise to suspend trip to the U.S., trips to the U.S.? For resistance to manifest revolution, leaders prime the young with propaganda and pious notions of self-righteous virtue. Inculcating the young is a revolutionary priority, and the recent decision by the Girl Guides of Canada to suspend trips to the U.S. is another lesson in a program to mold today's youth into tomorrow's foot soldiers for the war against authentic liberalism. What exactly is being taught to the current crop of young people in the Girl Guides? Note, I reference girls only in context of the organization's title. Despite its explicit meaning, the Girl Guides now accept members of the opposite sex, transgender to be imprecise. Tolerance and diversity are the key tenets of the resistance program, taught not only in Girl Guides, but to Canadian kids throughout the land. What's wrong with this? The consequence of tolerance is intolerance towards those with differing opinions. This leads to coercion and conflict, now unfolding in response to U.S. President Donald Trump's election. With, Trump's, with regards to Trump's travel ban, the president is only delivering on the promises which got him elected. It is a terrible lesson to teach our youth that a free and democratic vote is illegitimate. No person from an alien nation has a right of any kind to enter another, and if the country of entry is under threat of attack, which the United States is, then it has every right to screen visitors in whatever manner it chooses to identify, detain, or deny entry. Any protest regarding President Trump's 90-day travel ban is simply left-based hysteria designed to incite hate and division. It's also quite odious to teach that a country is akin to evil if it executes its sovereign right to govern its own borders. Of course, the revolution seeks the destruction of all borders, so it makes perfect sense for the Stalinist leaders of today's youth to teach otherwise. In Karl Marx's day, the revolutionary motto was, quote, workers of the world unite, close quote. Today, it's not about class, it's about ethnicity. Multiculturals of the world unite. The most important lesson not being taught is that the pursuit of the common good leads to terror and atrocity. The effort to perfect humanity and eradicate inequity invariably leads to the eradication of humanity. Social justice backed by virtue were the ideals for which Adolf Hitler, Joseph Stalin, Mao Zedong, Pol Pot, and Maximilian Robespierre supposedly fought. For these men, virtue without terror is impotent, and terror without virtue is blind. That, my friends, is the enemy you're fighting. <laughs> awesome. So let's just recap real quickly. Um, how dare you? It's a nice little short thing and try to get thousands of those hitting journalists' Twitter box, government, Canadian Cancer Society, lung, just, they can't block enough of them. How dare you? Vaping bans kill. Hashtag vaping bans kill. I don't know if that's already made a hashtag. Is that not a, I don't know. Vaping bans kill. How dare you? And then, and thousands Thousands. All right, kids. Thank you very much.
That is it for this edition of RegWatch. If you get a chance, please go to support.regulatorwatch.com, dig into your wallet, find a few dollars and toss them our way. You will certainly be happier for that. It's a big help for us. It's Christmas time. It's, you've got a lot of expenses, I know, but people are a little more flush. Think about how much January is going to pinch for everybody. That's only going to be triple hard, harder for RegWatch. And so we're trying to ask now um, because there are a few more dollars out there as opposed to January. Because guaranteed in January, uh, a couple of our corporate uh, supporters are going to be weaning off because they've just been hit so hard. So it's going to be a tough January for us. So anything you can do now, one-time donations or sign up for monthly support, even if it's just like 20 bucks or something like that, it's a big help. Uh, and of course, if you're an American, man, drop in that 100, drop in that 500. Oh my God, that just works out for us so well. And anyhow, as you can see, you've got Canadians up here fighting your fight for you. So we're right there with you. We got you, we got your back, man. So that is it for this edition of Red Watch. Uh, please follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. That's the right way. And uh, vape them if you got them.